everyone, welcome back to the Earthon Survival Guide, a podcast for all disciplines, paths, players, and game masters, and enthusiasts like Josh and myself. I am myself, Dan. And I am myself, Josh. There we go. On today's podcast, we will be discussing all things ecumenical and theological, because we're going to talk about the passions and some questers. We are going to actually talk about the Earth Dawn related stuff and not the classic REM hit, Talk About the Passion. <laughs> No, no, we're not. Aside from that, if you have any questions for us after this episode is done or before you hear this episode and have a question about something else you want to talk to us about or would like us to answer for you, please email us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. And before we get into our discussion uh, for this episode, I do want to mention within a couple of days after this episode going live... The weekend of February 19th through 21st of 2021, Facet Games is hosting FreedoniaCon, which is an online, a free online convention dedicated to all of Fasa's current stuff. We'll have yeah. online games that people uh, will be able to play. We've got not only uh, Fasa staff that is running games, but also I imagine mm -hmm. some other Folks are, are volunteering to run games of stuff online. I am not, but are you? I am running one session on Saturday, the 20th. It is likely to, to already be booked up by the time you hear this, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to that, uh, we've also got streaming events that are going to be done on our Discord, but also stream simultaneously to our the the Facet Games Twitch channel. Uh, Ross is going to take uh, folks on a tour of the storage unit where all of the archived stuff is located. Wow! Friday night, late Friday night, as sort of like the closing event for Friday's stuff. I am going to be live streaming. A reading of some Earth Dawn related fiction. I am not 100% sure exactly what that will be as of uh, this recording. So email in your suggestions, folks. Well, I will probably have made the decision <laughs> by that point. And then uh, Sunday, as one of the final events of the weekend, Sunday the 21st, Dan and I will be live recording the what is what will be the next episode here um, in the feed. And uh, that is the one that we're going to be answering emails that we have received, uh, since our last email session and, uh, time and interest permitting answering questions from folks in chat and things like that. There's another panel, uh, that I'm doing on Sunday with, uh, Cliff from mm -hmm. the, uh, Legends of Earth Dawn podcast. I'm trying to see whether we're going to get other members of the cast and it's going to be a Legends kind of focused show or cool. whether I'm going to get um, a couple of other people who do live stream slash podcast Earth on Games and maybe do like a, a podcasting type panel. I'm still waiting to yeah. hear back on some of that. So uh, and then anything cool. that you might have missed if you are hearing this after that event took place or you've got other stuff going on and you can't catch there's something you want to watch you want to do want to catch. These are all planning to be recorded and uh, should be made available eventually on the FASA Games YouTube channel. Very cool. Uh, go to FASAGames.com. Uh, check that out uh, if you are at all interested. 
If you're listening to this, I assume they are, but well, that's just me. I am. Now that I know Ross is going to like lead us through the storage warehouse. Yeah, that's I'm not awesome. sure. Oh, I'm not yeah. sure. Hold on. What day? Because I may not be able to do it live, but I will at least be able to you know watch after the fact. Uh, 5 p.m. Central on Saturday the 20th. Ross Archives. And there are not any games blocked time during that time. The the hmm. sort of early afternoon session wraps up at 5 p.m. Central, and then the next block doesn't start until 6 p.m. Central. So there is a an hour break sort of in between there. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a fun weekend. Yeah. I'm and if you can't do it all be. live, like you said, watch the recordings later because I'm I will be doing that. I've got a I got a hot date that day. <laughs> and then I got a hot date with Josh on Sunday as well to talk to you fine folks. So on to the passions, because we're going to talk about two different passions today and two different questers. Of the 12, yeah. uh, I kind of – I can't say paired them off, but I paired them off a little bit. So we're going to go through kind of what each passion represents and how a game master can work in something along those lines into the into their campaign is a little side bit or major quest. And then we're going to talk about the questers that can follow those passions that the players can – develop their characters into becoming a quester of and how to work that into the campaign as well. And then some of the powers they kind of get, that's a, a cool, neat little the special yeah, passion. Yeah. So stuff. all of that goodness is uh, forthcoming. So let's kind of give an overview on passions in general, since this is our first one of a six part uh, erratic series. <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully six part, hopefully we six there. part. We'll see how long this takes. Well, we'll we'll see if it ends up like we end up talking about other <laughs> stuff more and end up needing more yeah, well. bits on that. The passions are Earth Dawn's equivalent of yes. deities. If you're coming for, to things from a more traditional Dungeons mm-hmm. & Dragons paradigm, the passions kind of serve that same role. There are a couple of notable differences, one of them being that unlike in traditional D&D style fantasy worlds, like the Forgotten Realms or Greyhawk or something mm-hmm. like that. There aren't really organized large religious organizations that are devoted to to worship of a particular passion. There are groups that will form or small cults or whatever that will, you know, maybe join together, you know, in a, a common cause. Like, for example, we're going to be talking about um, Jasper as one of them. There is a an organization, a small group of Questors of Jasper that are based out of a town on the edge of the Badlands and are all kind of devoted together in common cause of of investigating and and potentially curing the Badlands. So you can have questors working together, but there is no, not really any major overarching religious organization the same way that you would think of as a traditional like Western church or denomination or something like that, where there are high yeah. priests and things like that. The the passions, at least within Barsave, are seen to be representations of certain mm-hmm. name-giver ideals and express powers and gr- can grant powers to individuals based on and related to those ideals. In a, in a way, they're kind of, you can think of them maybe as a little bit analogous to the, the Greek or Roman pantheon where individual deities sort of had a had a portfolio with thing that yeah. they were associated with but the true nature of the passions is not really understood they are clearly mm-hmm. real because people have had experiences with them and there are individuals who 
are able to express power as a result of their devotion to the mm -hmm. ideals of a particular passion. But what they actually are, whether they are something that is created by name givers as an expression of name giverness on the magical yeah. fabric of the universe, or whether they are separate beings that are somehow tied to name givers, it's it's all a bit of a big mystery, uh, intentionally so. And my essay at the beginning of the Questor's source book talking about yes. the nature of the passions uh, intentionally does not answer those questions. I liked that essay. I really did. It was it was it was indeterminate on I purpose, I, and I, I liked like the too. fact that it was one of those. This is too much information to know. Are they spirits? Are they astral entities? Are they just the embodiment, uh, magical embodiment of uh, people's desires to have them actually exist? But as you said, they are real because they do bestow powers and not in the traditional sense that a discipline does where you have to work at it. You have to learn from somebody else. They just come down and say, you've done this well enough. Bing, here's your power and here's how to use it. And they – guide people by giving them visions as to what they need to do next for the next power or the next uh, set of denomination or devotion points and so forth. So on to Astendar. We're going to start alphabetically, I think. is not a bad way to do that. I You're the one kind of put together the list, list, man. So Josh lets me have a little bit of free reign every once in a while. I'm kidding. A lot of the time. A lot of the time. So because I need to prep for the show and Josh does not. So I get to surprise him. And every once in a while, when he's like, I need more prep, then we back off. But otherwise, I need to refresh my memory on everything we're talking about. So Astendar is the passion of love, art, and music. You know, most things beautiful in this world, Jaspery's the other half, by the way. Um, but it's most of the things that name givers can contribute to love, art, and music. So mm -hmm. it's nothing to do with nature. That's all Jaspery. But they... Um, the elements that they are that Astendar is associated with are things like light and rain and music and a melody and beautiful clothes and textures. So again, most things Namegiver created. So Astendar is their inspiration for and their creative spark therein. Yeah, I, 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 we're probably going to do this often, off yeah. and on with some of these. Astendar can and forgive me for being so. That's Western. fine. With this, <laughs> Astendar can kind of be seen as taking some aspects of mm -hmm. Aphrodite, Cupid, yes. Apollo mm -hmm. in some respects. Apollo with his association with the lyre, yeah, um, from Greek myth. Um, so there's there's all that kind of aspects of things, but Astendar is the one associated with the creative arts, music, painting. Beauty is another sort of aspect yeah. of, of Astendar. Love, ro whether whether physical or romantic creative, love or whatever. And creative um, inspiration. To, and, and the creative inspiration thereof. The, the muses um, would be something else that you could Absolutely. kind of draw on to be uh, inspiration in relating to, to Astendar. There are some aspects of, you know, when we talk about love, it is largely sort of physical and romantic love, whereas... Garland is more strongly associated familial. with familial. Yes. Filial love, which is to mm -hmm. say love of, of family and so forth. So Astendar is the one that um if you go back and you look at the the Legends books, uh Dan might have actually read one of them. Uh there are some stories in other parts about Astendar's devotion. You know, lovers who are separated and Astendar Yeah, that was uh one of the legends put out a few episodes ago. You know, basically like Astendar in intervening and working to bring yeah lovers together 
Fastendar were involved in Romeo and Juliet, there would have been some big dramatic thing and they would not have died at the end. <laughs> True. Because Astendar would have gotten involved and, and tried yeah. to, to turn things around. But Astendar would be the passion that would be most commonly associated with some aspects if we're going to kind of tie them into yeah. player characters would be like troubadours are typically strongly associated mm-hmm. with Astendar sword masters in their own way as well, particularly the, the, the more gallant type. There's a very strong sort of social and societal aspect of Astendar. Often devotees of Astendar can be seen as uh, somewhat perhaps a little, little frivolous flighty, a little uh, yeah, head in the, the clouds, clouds uh, a little, a little overly romantic. Sappy. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's kind of everything that, that's associated with with yeah. the passion. Uh, they've got, and and by all means, this is a passion. This is a pseudo deity, so they're not weaklings. They've actually got some massive amounts of powers that they can do as well. So Asandar himself, herself, because they always appear in whatever form they need to take on. Uh, they are deities after all. Can entrance someone with music. They can instill in. One person, a pair, a couple, uh, a, a crowd of people, lust or love, um, not hate. It's always, you know, beautiful things. And Astonar can also, you know, restore youth. They can make you younger and more lively. But they, like I said, they also are that bit of creative inspiration. If you have the, the, the means to pottery, uh, painting, drawings of any kind, uh, sculpting, even dancing a little bit, not so much revelry that somebody else. And this is in contrast to the to the crafting and construction of Upandal, who also has some creative yes. aspects to it. But Upandals are more about structures and society and m- yes. more practical, <laughs> for lack of a better term, more more practical mm-hmm. creation, bridges and buildings and walls and those sorts of of more civil engineering construction and creativity. Yeah. As opposed to, again, the, the, as some people would put it more (laughs) flighty and yeah, unnecessary aspects of art and creativity, which is of course awful um, because it is is super important. It's anybody who's had to quarantine, anybody who's had to self-isolate has had to do, you know, whatever they could to get through it. And your music, your movies, your books, your poetry, your um, creative inspiration, your sewing. All of these arts are Astendar's uh, playgrounds that he inspired you to draw from to get through the tough times that you have. And so art saves everybody. And this is Astendar's um, main playground to play with. So most of the questers of Astendar would, of course, be somebody who's exploring the arts in any way, song, dance, uh, creativity, painting, like we said. And it's not always adepts either, by the way. So if you're going to, as a game master, oh yeah, if you're going to work in Astendar in some way, you could always have the, the, your party encounter somebody who is not a quest, who is not a, an adept, but does, is a quester of Astendar, or maybe according to some of the legends that we've uh, put out before, they could just have Astendar intervene in some way. Ideas, Josh? I would actually, the the way that I would put it, we've never really discussed like what percentage of the population would be Good questors. Point. 
the advantage that questors have over adepts in one sense is that in theory, anybody who is capable of being devoted to the ideals of a single passion is capable mm-hmm. of becoming a questor. And so in that sense, I would think that questors would tend to be a little bit more common than adepts. Maybe not too much more common, but I, I actually think that of the number of questors, a small portion of them are adepts as well. Yeah. Uh, again, when we're talking about player characters, most of the player characters <laughs> are going to be a combination yeah. of adept and questor. The systems and game rules for them are not really designed for them to be equivalent to uh, an adept without other stuff on top of it. But generally speaking, within the setting, questors that are also adepts make up a small portion of the total number of questors, though there may not yeah. be a lot of them out there. My, you know, my gut would say roughly equivalent numbers of total questors compared to total adepts, perhaps. But of that number, only a fraction Fair are enough. adepts. I love well. the, the line from the original player's guide, uh, hide from magicians, hire adepts and say hello to questors. Yeah. Questors are back. Try to figure out how to approach this adepts, especially in smaller settlements, like in cities, adepts are probably a little bit more common and, and people would be used mm-hmm. to seeing them. But in, in smaller settlements and things like that, frequently, Adepts show up when there is trouble or when there is about to be trouble. Questors, because they are representatives of the passions and those ideals that the passions represent that make up a strong, robust, Mm -hmm. positive society, like they are that connection between the mundane and the spiritual. And so in, in a similar way that in the past, life revolved in some respects around mm-hmm. the spiritual or, you know, the rituals of, of life and uh, of birth and marriage and death and the harvest and yeah. the planting and all of that other stuff all kind of revolved around whatever religious practices happened to be prominent mm-hmm. in, in that area. And the, the stories that would be told and the, the, the legends and the cultural practices that kind of carried yeah. on as a result of that all revolved heavily around spirituality and that sort of thing, questors fill that role within Varsavian yeah. society. They sort of represent that connection between the the mortal and the divine, the the mundane and mm-hmm. the supernatural, and one that is not the threat that many adepts represent <laughs> when they show up somewhere. Fair. So how would you work in, being game master, uh, how would you work in how to introduce a... I can't say a veteran party, but a not newbie and not novice party to the idea of either Astendar's intervention or a quester of Astendar and, you know, laying, laying the groundwork to see if anybody would, would follow that secondary path along with the discipline. So I want to talk about a story like kind of using them, perhaps tying in as a game master to yeah. maybe tie them into an adventure. One. So I've talked in the past about my, romantic comedy yes. featuring orcs yes. adventure. That is one that, although in the original write-up of that, uh, does not have any appearance or real influence by Astendar, that is a story that Astendar or a questor of Astendar mm-hmm. would absolutely be interested in becoming involved with because you're dealing with a, a romantic couple 
who are being potentially divided and, and torn apart by their families and the, the complications and things that can kind of go along with that. So that's the sort of thing where you're dealing less with a traditional type of, of adventure when you think of yeah. adventure categories. It's more of a of a social role-playing, political kinds of things. Perhaps there's a um, situation where uh, a couple, um, perhaps a some high-ranking merchant household or noble family or something like that, where the couple is having difficulties yeah. in one way or another. Um, or perhaps it was uh, an arranged marriage that is not going well because of that. And maybe one party or the other who feels strongly and the other one doesn't wants the group to do something to perhaps obtain the, the blessing of yeah. a representative of Astandar to come and perhaps do something to rekindle or to ignite the, uh, the romantic spark between them. Obviously being careful about issues of consent and yeah, et cetera. We won't really get into that, but throwing up the the, the caution flag on that. I would love the I would love the uh, to institute some kind of version of Cyrano de Bergerac invol- involving a, That's a involving a player of, uh, character to play Cyrano so that they could actually help out the NPC, you know, the star crossed lover and, and so forth and so on. So actually just adapting that in some way. Yeah. Another possibility if you want to move away from the romance uh, love mm-hmm. affair kind of angle because i know that not everybody is down yeah. with that which is cool dealing more with the creative aspects of things you've got in europa the the challenge the theatrical mm-hmm. competition that comes up you could have other kinds of arts competitions or that kind of thing that devotees or maybe a um a Questor of Astendar is hosting some kind of, of artistic tournament or challenge of some sort, and all of the potential <laughs> backstabbing or skullduggery and things like that, perhaps where, you know, there's a there's a favorite that is working on mm-hmm. some kind of secret project and uh, his rivals are trying to figure out what's going on, or maybe yeah. hire to gather intelligence or perhaps to sabotage mm-hmm. or something like that. Because one of the things is 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 that the passions don't necessarily play favorites Is as long as people are devoted to their ideals. They don't necessarily have a problem with their devotees coming into conflict with each other. Um, it's not all necessarily yeah, one big the- happy family. And so you could have rival questors of Estendar that are working on some kind of different projects. Again, you're, you're dealing with intrigue and, uh, interactions mm-hmm. and politics and yeah, the soft role playing sort of versus thing. the hard combat of dice rolls. <laughs> I love all these ideas for, for, for Asindar, And I think it's time to kind of get down to, okay, so you've got somebody who wants to now have their discipline to follow. And that now they also want to follow, kind of follow along the secondary path of being a quester for Astendar. And they go about that and they get and they begin to they, they make a declaration with their game master. Game master is okay with that. So what's in it for them? What kind of powers do they get? Shall we run down the list real quick? Yeah. So generally speaking, their progression is divided up into into three tiers as opposed to the four. But those three tiers are roughly equivalent to the novice, journeyman, and warden tiers of adepts. Questors 
don't get quite as high as adepts do. The way that the Questor devotion, the way that the Questor talent works is that you become a Questor, you get this Mm -hmm. ability called Questor that determines how devoted you are to the passion. And it works in some ways similar to versatility for humans. Your rank in Questor determines how many powers, which Mm -hmm. for Questors are called devotions, you can learn under that. And there is a list similar to the talent options list that adepts get that basically says what you can do. And at each sort of rank of Questor, you also maybe get some bonuses like defense bonuses or whatever. Questors also get access to a pool of devotion points which are similar to karma dice that can be used in service of specific tasks. So they can spend them on any of their quest or powers. They can also spend them similar to the karma abilities that adepts get. Like for example, the weaponsmith ability to spend karma on crafting something, you know, they get special abilities. The devotion die for questors starts at a D four goes to a D six and goes to a D eight. So it kind of progresses a a little bit faster Mm-hmm. based on those tiers. But yeah, they, they basically you get the ability within your devotion and your sort of path in, in following this passion to customize what approach, what angle. Now, some of the powers that they get are identical, mechanically speaking, to talents yeah. that already exist in the game where it makes sense. Um, but there are also some additional things unique to each that are special and unique yeah. and available. And the only, only other difference them. between their uh, devotion pool and their karma pool is that the karma pool replen- replenishes daily. The devotion pool does not. They have to actually do the devotion deeds to get those points. Yeah, that's that's a, a sort of mechanically incentivized mm-hmm. role-playing is that there is a maximum number of points that a questor can have yeah. at any one time. But if their pool is not full... They can do something in service of the passion's ideals that can be rewarded with Mm -hmm. replenishing points. And the number of points that can be granted is based on kind of bringing back the old, you know, minor, major, and zealous acts of devotion that were described in previous editions. You refill your devotion pool, you refill that pool of bonus dice by doing things that are in service to your passion. So you get these dice, but if you want to continue to have those available, you need to be doing things (laughs) that are going to replenish it. And I I really like that interaction of a mechanical benefit for a role-playing activity. It's the conscious reminder to act out the ideals of the passion you're following. And you need to incorporate that into your role playing, not just your dice rolling. And so the three tiers for all the passions are follower, adherent, and then finally exemplar. So the follower devotions for Astandar, and everybody has, we've heard these, most of these before. You get acting. This is your pool to draw from for the, the, the abilities you'd like to have. So uh, if you become a follower of, of Astandar, you can choose acting, artist, conversation, emotion song, empathic sense, Entertainer, first impression, impressive display, winning smile. Those are all the ones you've heard of before, but passions empowerment, I think, is the only new one here. Yes. Passions empowerment allows the questor to grant devotion points and the dice associated with them 
to other people. Like one of the things that that comes up in a lot of the stories and the the fiction in Earthdawn mm-hmm. with regards to the passions is how the passions and the questors inspire name givers to go yeah, to those beyond in, in pursuit mm-hmm. of the ideals of that passion. And so basically what that allows the questor to do is to say, I am going to grant this bit of power, this bit of energy that I have from yeah. my passion to you. And then that grants the individual dice that they can add on to their mm-hmm. normal tests. But it needs to be done in pursuit of those ideals. And so a questor of Astandar, who is perhaps use, maybe use this ability to inspire a non-questor mm-hmm. minstrel to compose a great work or something like that. And so grants them a die or multiple dice, yeah. depending on how things work, so that while the individual is pursuing that goal, they have the power of the passion pushing them even further and potentially allowing them to excel beyond what their normal yeah. abilities so would allow. help them for Asandar, you're, you're, you're to inspire them. One of the other things that comes up a lot with the Questor powers is that they grant additional bonuses to mm-hmm. non-adepts that are not provided to adepts because adepts yeah. already have magic. They don't need things on top of it. So a Questor who uses that on a, on a Troubadour adept just provides the dice as a bonus if they do it on a mundane mm-hmm. a non-adept minstrel not only do they get the bo- the dice but they also get the questor's rank as a bonus to the test on top of it so there's a lot of cases where you'll see oh and non-adepts get this extra thing yeah. on top of so it's encouraging the do. player character in the role of questor to engage with the npc that the game master has put in their in their path and help them along. So especially for Asandar, it's the inspiration. Yeah. And this is also where, because, and again, this is like sort of a great example of there's a, a, mecha- mm-hmm. a mechanical thing, but a, in a, de- a questor who is more devoted, who is more in tune and more dedicated to their passions, ideals reflected by having yes. a higher questor rank provides more and bigger bonuses to people that they are able to convey, right? The example that's in the Questor's book says, okay, this Questor of Garland mm-hmm. has rank six. And so they can provide up to six points distributed however they wish among people yeah. within the range of the ability. And non-adepts gain a plus six bonus to acts that they take using that in, you know, in pursuit of those ideals. So if you're talking about Garland, yeah. who we'll talk about in a later episode, but who is like, especially about the the defense of home and hearth, in addition to the mm-hmm. other sort of familial things, if you grant that power to the people defending the wall of the village from the, the vicious yeah. skull war graders, you know, like they are going to be empowered by this mm-hmm. divine energy to act above and beyond what they normally would so like again creating mechanics that reflect the narrative that has been provided in yes it's it's a wonderfully intricate uh system that relies on each half to work so that's the follower devotions the adherent devotions are a little bit more new because only a couple of those look familiar, like diplomacy, lasting impression, 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So assess intentions, Astendar's muse, Astendar's voice, enchanted gift, passion's insight, and passion's inspiration are all quester powers that, as far as I can tell, do not have any overlay with talents. Yep. Assess intentions is actually a knack that's in the uh, companion. So it, it functions similar to like learning knacks yeah. skills. We had talked about that before. So that's something that that is available to adepts who have the appropriate. I think it might be an empathic sense knack. I don't know right off the top of my head. I don't okay. have the companion right in front of me. I just was looking in the Questor's book and it says, as the knack, Earth on Companion, page 89. Ah, under diplomacy. Yes. It's a diplomacy knack? Okay. They're listed by yes. supervising talent in the book. That makes sense yeah, that totally. it's a diplomacy knack, actually. <laughs> that it basically it allows the um person using the ability to do exactly what it says, which is get a, 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 a to assess the intentions of yeah. whoever that they're targeting. Astendar's muse is basically like the actual sort of muse ability. Like you talk to an artist about their art, and then you can make them obsessive about completing a particular work and maybe get bonuses Absolutely. as a result of that. Astendar's voice um, inspires the target with the, the passion's charm and they gain bonuses to tests made to create favorable impression or advance the cause of the arts or love. The questors, some of them at least, get quite get a few abilities that actually enhance mm. interaction tests, which is something that a lot of adept magic doesn't tend to do right. very much. And and that Estendar's voice bonus from that can be applied to appropriate interaction tests, but also diplomacy or first impression. Or, or anything cool. like that. Uh, passion's Insight and Passion's Inspiration. These are sort of generic. Passion's Insight basically allows the Questor to detect whether somebody is feeling emotions related to the Passion's gotcha. area of focus. Yes. Was the other one, Passion's Inspiration. The Questor basically talks and inspires people, granting bonuses to tests that they make in service of that thing those ideals larger bonus for non-adepts and totally you know compared to adepts so yeah lots of interaction with the other npcs or you know if you're trying to help out your party a little bit these aren't bad either uh so those are the first two tiers the third tier is the exemplar devotions and a couple of these again sound familiar like bardic voice and disarming smile i think is, is, is something along the lines of maybe a knack from Yep, yeah, fair. that's it. That's uh, so then we get to Fertility's Season, since it is Astendar. Basically, by doing a little ritual, the Questor makes it more likely that people in the uh, sanctified area are go. able to conceive. <laughs> and live in bloom. Oh. Love in bloom. That's a misprint. <laughs> You're right. It is. A, there is a typo in the list on page 140. I read it correctly. So you read it correctly. That's okay. We just have a type of love in bloom. Uh, so it's love. It's love in bloom. The the questor enchants a flower, making all those within range more courageous and receptors to matters of the heart. Affected targets are more interested in love relationships and romance. This devotion cannot force anyone to do something they are opposed to, but maybe open their eyes to seeing things in a new way. See, we've got the consent <laughs> thing in there. For each success, adepts gain plus one to tests and minus one to social defense. Uh, while non-adepts gain plus two and minus two. <laughs> Creates a magical flower that, that makes everybody Fall in the in area um, yeah. 
It's, fall a, in it's love. the genie. I can't make you fall in love. But here's a wish. The other one that's there mm-hmm. is silence influence. And this is something that a few passions get. This is sort of the questor equivalent oh, of go. dispel magic in that it allows questors to stop ongoing devotions or other passion derived wow. activity. So it is narrowly focused on a particular on, only on passion gotcha. magic, on questor magic. And obviously it's only available at high ranks because that generally means that you've got to get the passion itself involved yeah. in what's going on. But that's basically mm-hmm. how that works is it allows you to stop the Fair. influence of another passion. And then the last one you get going a, on. A last option you get for exemplar is thought link. Yeah, thought link is a talent. Sounds right. Obviously a higher so. circle it's, talent it's, we covered um, so far. No, it's uh it's oh, in the yeah. player's guide. It's 173. Yeah, it's thought link is basically oh. um telepathy. Love that. Yeah. So, Asandar actually puts together a pretty good um questor if you want to play one. Or add that to your discipline. So what do we think about actually people just making a quest star only and not playing a discipline? Is that going to be a, a larger challenge? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it would be because quest do not get as many magical abilities as adepts do, right? They basically, they get one devotion per rank in Questor. So they can't ever have more than maximum 12. And that's if, if they're yes. most devoted to their their chosen passion whereas adepts get six talents right off the bat and access to another six by the time they're Mm -hmm. through their their novice tier so adepts get a lot more access to magical powers and the the abilities that a questor gets are a lot more tuned toward that passions devotions Mm -hmm. and goals and so for most of the passions, you're not necessarily going to see a lot of the defensive abilities even that are available to most adepts, even in their options yeah. like avoid blow and whatnot. And so if you're going to have a character in the group that is just going to be a questor, okay? The other drawback is that pure questors don't <laughs> get durability. Yeah. Most of them. Like it's not built not in. built into Astendars, yeah. There is, I think, let me just double check here real quickly. I don't remember whether they do or not. Yes, some questors do have right. a durability right. devotion that they provide, but not all of them. So you'll need to keep that in mind that that questors generally do not tend to be as uh, robust as even mid-circle mm-hmm. spellcasters might be, unless they have access to the, the durability devotion and yeah. devote one of their slots to it. So you'll want to keep that in mind. You'll also want to, you'll need to have provide them a lot more opportunity to learn and raise up skills, provided that you give them mm-hmm. the support that they need. It is certainly possible for a questor character to be playable on its own, but there are several <laughs> considerations that you would need to take into account. Depending on what passion they follow, their yes. general survivability in terms of the traditional kind of combat encounters that you know that that you would have for an adept group. For an example, mm-hmm. we're talking about Astendar here. Astendar does not grant the durability devotion. Yeah. It's not one of the things that's available. And so thinking that oh, because they are a questor of rank seven, they can run with journeyman <laughs> adepts. Well, they're not going to have the Death and unconsciousness ratings that are going to allow them to stand up no. to things that, you yeah. know, that adepts would be able to. 
if you're aware of that going in and the player is aware of it going in and you're designing a game that kind of mm-hmm. goes around that, it's certainly doable, maybe as a as a mini series or something like that, as opposed to like yeah. a long term campaign. You would want to be careful about how you're handling that, depending on the passion that the character is going Fair. to be following. On the other hand, a Questor supporter or NPC mm-hmm. or something like that can provide some support in other areas, especially if you've got a smaller group that might not have the triumvirate of yeah. things covered. You've got the physical, like, Swordmaster Warrior type thing and the mystic with a spellcaster, but you don't have a troubadour or some other kind of yeah. social type character. Having a an NPC that's like a Questor of Astendar or something who doesn't have the mm-hmm. physical prowess to perhaps Contribute. run the risk of, of overshadowing somebody of overshadowing someone in, in their area of expertise. It, it could potentially be useful. Yeah. Like I said earlier, the design for quest stores kind of serves a couple of purposes. One, it, it is built in a way that allows adepts that allows player characters who want to be devoted to a passion to be able to do that and gain access to some cool and unique and flavorful yeah. abilities based mm-hmm. on their path. But it also is constructed so that as mm-hmm. NPCs, there is some greater framework for what they would be doing within the setting and the type of things that their stories and legends and reputation would take along with them. It kind of serves a, a double duty there, and I'm happy with how the mechanics came out. Any Anybody who has looked at Paths will see the influence that the Questor mm-hmm. rules had on Paths. Morgan kind of went a little bit even beyond that, but I remember the meeting that we had where we were brainstorming how all of this was going to work, and devotion, and all of that. We had a, like, we sat down in some secluded corner at Gen Con at one point and like sat for a couple of hour and a half hour, yeah. hour and a half, two hours, something like that. And just hashed out a lot of the, the basic framework. Um, and then he kind of went and ran with that further in terms of the mechanical aspect of it. While I herded the freelancers who like you wrote yeah. the essays Fair. and whatnot. That came so on that. to Jasper, since we've got a few more minutes left to go. Yeah. If, if we kind of like run through Jasper, Jasper here real quickly, we don't need to devote quite the attention that we have with Astendar because we've been kind of like sidetracking yes. into general well, stuff about we're gonna, Questors. We're muddle our way through the Questors in general and we'll shoehorn this. I'll, you know, we'll condense it down. I'll take out a lot of the dead space. So we've yeah. got some time. But the, we had, since we had to talk about the first passion in the first Questor, we had to kind of overarc everything and kind of shoehorn in what all of that's about. And then we can talk about Astendar. So now we did that. Let's talk about Jasper, whose ideals are growth. And care of the land, love of the wilderness, so all things nature and beauty. The elements – Which is yes. to say the natural beauty of the living world, uh, you know, a, a majestic vista waterfall. of mountains or – Flowers. Or waterfall or the beauty of exactly. a forest and that sort of thing. That That is the, the, the growth and life as opposed to the constructed the beauty. Ninger. Invented, of yeah, the inspired beauty, yeah. Name so, and Jasper is more. Uh, the elements are like trees and farms and forests and seeds and flowers, and so not only just the individual in 
individual petals of the flower, but the, the makeup of the flower itself and then the whole garden of flowers and then the whole forest of trees. And so it's every little thing, the, the micro and the macro beauty of nature. Again, because the Greek ones they come should. off the top of my head so easily because I've been playing a lot of – because I've been – well, and I've been playing a lot of Hades, <laughs> which is a great game. Gaia. Yes. The, the Mother Earth um, is, a, is a, a strong association there. Uh, mm-hmm. Demeter is another one. You know, any kind of deity of the harvest oh, – yeah. Not even necessarily of, of the harvest, but of wild. Like there's, a, I would even perhaps see a little bit of an association, perhaps with with yeah. Pan, Chiron, the um the the legendary uh, centaur trainer mm-hmm. of heroes yeah. and stuff from Greek myths. I kind of there's there's a little bit maybe of an association there, but yeah, of the wild places and so forth. The Jasper is a, is one of those that when you kind of look at the passions and the ideas of them being representations of ideals. Jasper doesn't actually quite fit that because of its strong association Mm -hmm. with the wilderness, but they also are associated with farming and careful and and appropriate use of the land. It's not just wild, unchecked growth. It's, appropriate yes. stewardship there's a there's care because the, jesper knows that you have to cut down the wheat to make it into flour to, to to eat and you have to you know trim the vegetables to feed those but there's a conservation aspect to that you know you can cut down a tree to make your logs right just plant more seeds to grow more trees and so it's the it's the give and take yeah it's the, the give circle and take of, of nature and our relationship with it so um and the powers that jasper brings and one of my favorite parts of the old earth on journal would be, uh, I think Andrew Ragland's contribution where he would, he would, you know, the children of Jasper introduce new creatures and new, um, beasts in the wild, good or bad, take your pick. But they were still children of Jasper because he's not just about plants. He's about the fauna as well. So he's all about the creatures that inhabit the area. So yes. his powers, his or her powers, Jasper is uh, to animate plants, speak with animals, uh, and he can move through dirt like a shark in the ocean. He's uh, whoosh, that fast. Um, which reminds me of Terax from Marvel Comics. But anyway, one of those things. Yeah, we had talked about the association that Astendar strongly has associated mm-hmm. typically with troubadours and swordmasters in some respects. Jasper would be strongly associated yep. with beastmasters. Obviously, oh, the absolutely. shaman, I think while more spirit-based, would be very strongly tied no with, with Jaspery. Cavalrymen, maybe not so much because of their focus mm-hmm. on a on a single mount traditionally. But I think that... Yeah, a little bit lesser than, but not not excluded from. Right. But there's still that, that relationship and that give and mm-hmm. take yeah. um, with a living being that I could definitely see a cavalryman being, not yeah. maybe not necessarily a questor, but would honor... Jasper and would try and and potentially have their relationship with their mount be one yeah. of of a positive kind of give and take appropriate stewardship say, and care. My um, mom so is a quester of Jasper because her garden has so many flowers and tomato plants and corn and just the way she's designed it and the way she's cultivated it and the way she uh, clears out the the debris every single. Uh, autumn for the spring growth it's amazing so she's had the greenest thumb i've ever known but if you're going to play so if there's a quester out there for an npc this is your gardener this is your herder this is your um farmer 
So somebody who takes care of nature, encourages the growth, the respect of nature, the recycling of everything. This is your uh, tree hugger, essentially. Um, again, not, not always to be adepts, but one of those things. So I think working in a, a, a Quester of Jasper for a Game Master is a little bit easier than a, a few others because nature's all around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mentioned earlier that there is a group of Questors of Jasper that is devoted to restoring the damage caused by the scourge in the badlands but that is something that can be done Mm -hmm. anywhere anywhere that either the the actions of the horrors or action where the actions of name givers are are being driven perhaps by greed that result in the in the destruction of the natural places as opposed to being more in harmony with it, like a, a kind of strip mining situation would be something that would potentially be an an offense to to Jaspery. And so having Questors of Jaspery seeking out the aid of adepts to kill a horror that maybe is Mm -hmm. causing problems for uh, a town or plaguing its crops or whatever. You know, one of the things that that we tried to do, and we'll talk about this a little bit more maybe with some of the other Questors where the essay in in the Questors book is a little bit atypical, is that... When you get somebody who is that, especially when you get into to mm-hmm. high-ranking questors, somebody who is that devoted and that focused to a particular ideal, they yeah. can get a little weird. But that they that that just just because a questor follows one of the traditional passions, yes. one of the non-mad passions, does not necessarily mean that they will not be mm-hmm. an antagonist. That their goals and their objectives will not necessarily run counter to the the adepts it might be that you could have a questor of jaspery that maybe is so devoted to protecting a particular grove the the essay in the book kind of talks about this is oh a lot of people have you know this idea of the questors of jaspery as living in wild groves and chasing Mm -hmm. people off and whatnot that's not necessarily the case and the essay kind of goes on to explain how jaspery is in all things and so forth like a lot of these (laughs) essays go oh think about these other ways that this passion's ideals maybe relate to your daily life but that you could have Mm -hmm. a cave troll or something like that maybe like a more primitive or degraded type of individual who is is still a name giver in a sense and is able to follow and be devoted to the passions but maybe doesn't have the civilization societal aspect yeah aspects or societal mm-hmm. aspects to to their life, and so might be not in favor of a group of questers coming around. Yeah, foresters coming in and harvesting some of the wood for making a house, or <laughs> you know, for for whatever. lumbering or making a yeah. house or whatever. And so then might be rallying the creatures of the area to cause problems for like. Summoning small woodland creatures to go and ruin crops and things like that. Yeah. And so you could have a questor, mm-hmm. uh, an antagonist uh, uh, who whose goals maybe in one sense are noble. understandable, that might be mm-hmm. a, or, or noble from a certain point of view, but that is potentially causing problems for other people that might seek the aid of, of a death. Yeah, I can see a questor just pretty high enough um, – the exemplar being like an echo terrorist. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. You know, hopefully the, the essays kind of contribute to a recognition that some of these individuals are, are not like, 
in order to be that focused on a particular yeah. ideal and goal that it can kind bit, of make you that's look okay. squirrely. Uh, so let's get down to the nitty gritty on on being a quester of Jaspery. If one wanted to follow along that path, the follower and adherent and exemplar devotions, the follower devotions are going to read like a, a, a list of things we've come across before, except for maybe a couple of them. Animal bond is a power you get. Awareness, creature analysis, danger sense, dominate beast. Passions Empowerment, we talked about uh, with Asandar a minute ago. Stealthy Stride, Tracking, Wilderness Survival. Friend of the Land, I think, is the new one. Yeah, Friend of the Land basically allows the Questor, through their connection and devotion to Jaspery, to basically get free bonuses nice. on Wilderness Survival. Never hurts. It's a lot of wilderness out there in Barsay. <laughs> Friend of the Land acts as an additional Wilderness Survival oh, test cool. that they can make at the same time, and so gain additional successes... Mm-hmm. within that same time frame that a normal wilderness nice. survival test would. Yeah, they they know how to survive whether that's finding water or food mm-hmm. or shelter or anything like that. They basically get yeah. additional so the adherent devotions your second tier. Uh, again, a little familiar animal talk, beast summons I think is pretty self-explanatory. Call animal companion, heal animal companion, safe path. Those are all familiar. Awaken the wood. Not 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 what you mean. Awaken the wood. Awaken <laughs> Awaken the Woods, yes. as in the woods, basically allows the allows the questor to animate nice. plants. They imbue a plant with Jasper's energy, uh, allowing it mm-hmm. to awaken and obey yeah. basic tree instructions. Tree branches can grab people type stuff. Vines and things. Um, this is the, the kind of uh, typical like druid plant grasp. Like if you think of Mm-hmm. plant mages yeah. plant magic that's the kind of thing that this can do like animating vines to wrap around people's ankles and wrists or perhaps tree roots move, can come up and grab your ankles move plants yeah. tree roots or or, or even like moving plants yes. aside to open a path and then move mm-hmm. back afterwards to block it path magic we didn't get into big depth about it but last week when we were talking about yes. bloodwood we talked about path magic this is exactly it like th- this <laughs> kind of similar sort of thing that path magic can do a questor of Jasper can do using Absolutely. this devotion, you know, basically kind of reshaping the the environment around them to waylay or delay or cause problems for people. Exactly, and then bloom be. and flourish. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's just a bonus to like <laughs> growing stuff. Yeah, causes plants to grow at an unnatural rate if successful. An area with up to rank times ten yards experiences a week of growth. Nice. In 10 minutes. I like that. It also makes the area exceptionally fertile, doubling future growth in the affected area for one month Very per success. Cool. There is a limit to how often it can be used in a given area, and it doesn't allow plants that can't otherwise grow there yeah. to grow there. This is the sort of thing, like if there was a, a devastating forest fire that went through a, an area, that they could use this to like help spur yeah. the regrowth of, of new plants and so forth Very within nice. that. And of course they get passions inspiration, which I think all questers get at the uh, adherent level. So the exemplar devotions, we have animal leadership, which again, we've covered before as a talent empathic command. We've covered before as well. Plants talk sounds really almost self-explanatory. So really emp- uh, fertility's season. I think it was, we talked about, th- we talked about that this, because Astendar gets it. But this is one where it basically does that same sort of um, fecundity effect, but for animals. Well put. Uh, Jaspery's Solace. 
Oh, I think this is one of these really awesome. Yeah. Jaspery Solace allows <laughs> the Questor to reduce corruption in an area. Nice. Basically, an area that is corrupted or polluted or tainted by the horrors, they can use this high-ranking Questor ability to slowly and over time reduce the corruption in an area. This reminds me of, like, purifiers. Yeah. Old, old discipline. It causes them damage to do this. Mm -hmm. They suffer, like, as if they as if they were casting a spell using raw magic. But it oh. basically allows them to transfer corruption points from an area into their own pattern. Mm -hmm. Nice. The, and then those those points, those corruption points are lost over time. They lose one point a month. But it's it's like a high power. Like, obviously, there are questors of Jasper that are devoted to healing the damage in the Badlands. This yeah. is the kind of power that allows them <laughs> to to do that. But it's a high it's a high devotion and costly and time-consuming process. Yeah, because you do. Uh, and then the last exemplar devotion that uh, a Questor of Jasper you could get would be Shield the Innocent. So similar to the Nethermancer spell, Life Circle of One, mm -hmm. Shield the Innocent allows the Questor to create a magical barrier that prevents attackers from crossing it. And basically, if they try and, and the repelling is successful, then they get flung back and knocked down and, and harried and whatnot. Yeah, that's all right. That's a nice little, that's a nice little power to have. Keep the, the, the garden safe. And similar to life circle of one, each instance can only be triggered once per round. So it is possible to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. uh, so generally for more robust defenses, you kind of stack them. Well, yeah. To prevent, <laughs> to potentially prevent it from being overrun. That sounds awesome. So I think it's – I start off with two rather, I can say, easy passions, but these are the ones that I think would be easiest to work in for anybody to interact with the NPCs. I mean, you have love art and music for Aston yeah. and then for Jasper is nature and growth and animals. Those are all really prevalent. And farms and the appropriate use and stewardship of the land. Yes. So I think those are two – Easy ones to kind of work in, maybe to, to to whet the appetite of one of your players to maybe want to follow in this path and become a quester and gain some of those powers, and or how to maybe give an adventure hook for incorporating the ideals of Asadar or Jaspri into your campaign as a little side thing, a little flavor text, uh, a little underlying notion of what might be coming up later on in an adventure of some kind. So any final thoughts on passions or questers at the moment, Josh? I think that passions are really interesting and worth exploring as something in your game, especially looking at the mad passions. People like don't necessarily have a problem with looking at the mad passions <laughs> and going, oh, these are the these are the cults of the evil, whatever. And yeah, oh, you kind of build adventures around finding out about a plot, spoiling it kind of thing. Yeah, those are three easy antagonists. As the kind of writings and essays in the Questor's book and in other places, but especially in the Questor's book talk about, is that the Questors are, like I said earlier, that link between the mundane and the supernatural. Mm -hmm. That they are that that sort of spiritual link the you know that that the common folk of Barsave have with these divine, for lack of a better term, these divine spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that there is, generally speaking, I think you can end up with a much richer experience and a richer game if you explore them and see about ways to bring them into your game. Yeah. Even if they're not necessarily a, a focus of ways that you can deal with that. Yeah, you can you can lace them in here and there. I mean, they shouldn't necessarily overtake a campaign or maybe one campaign can be centered around them or uh, like I said, just plant the seeds, Jasper's words, Jasper will provide to let somebody understand that there is something outside of their discipline that they may also want to explore and further flesh out and round out their character. Yeah, and especially Questors of, of Garland mm-hmm. and Garland is is common and popular because she's they're the one associated with healing yes. and so frequently that's what adepts are after it's like oh hey more healing powers <laughs> more healing stuff more healing ability need those we we want that yeah need that hanging with my homie and missing out on like we discussed with Astandar or Jaspery um and how we'll talk about some of the others as we go along through this series. Yeah. So we kind of fumbled our way into um, talking about the questers and the passions themselves. We, with a nice little overarch on all of the passions and all of the questers and how they kind of operate. So this one's a, a little bit longer than necessary as far as a podcast is concerned. They will get a little bit tighter because we won't have to do that overarching thing for both of those ideas later on, but we'll cut out some dead fat or some dead air on this one, uh, a little bit of the fat and trim it down. Otherwise folks, if you have any questions for us about passions, questers, Astandar or Jaspery, let us know. Feel free to get a hold of us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. We will have more in this eventually six part series. Uh, if we can get two done per episode, I think we're in good shape. <laughs> Don't forget again, uh, the weekend of February 19th through 21st, FreedoniaCon. Mm-hmm. Visit facetgames.com for more information on that. And uh, if you can come and hang out with us, on Sunday the 21st for our live recording so that we can answer questions and things like that. Uh, that episode, if you did not catch the live recording, uh, we are planning to have go up in the feed as normal. Yeah. So that will be the next episode that you that you hear here. I look forward to the uh, Earthdawn quiz lightning round that they, they offer us in the, in the feed. Um, there are going to be, uh, over the course of the weekend, I think there's going to be a trivia contest oh i'm gonna fail or at something that. i've forgotten most of the trivia it's and it's and it, and it's fasa trivia not just earthstone trivia oh yeah i'm no nope i'm gonna get my nope not not a contender <laughs> admittedly not a contender so will not stand on my own okay folks until next time uh hopefully on the weekend you'll see us and or hear us and the next time You'll definitely be contacting us. So once again, edsgpodcast at gmail.com. It is time for you to go quest after your own legend. Good night, everybody.